This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am delighted to chat with you today. So we're going to talk about bickering and arguing. I know some of you are struggling with this in your marriage. And so here we are to talk about it. I think as we enter this conversation, it is really important to distinguish between bickering and arguing and disagreeing. They're not exactly the same thing. So disagreeing is simply having different points of view, right? It's your husband may think one thing, you think another. The way you see things is different. And when you just simply disagree with someone, it's usually pretty respectful, right? That's where the phrase, I respectfully disagree, comes from. And it doesn't really turn into a heated discussion. It's not something that is super emotionally charged. It's just a conversation where one opinion is shared and an alternative opinion is shared, right? Now, bickering and arguing, on the other hand, feels a bit more adversarial, right? When you're sort of bickering and arguing, you're just like picking at each other. You feel frustrated. Words are coming out of your mouth sort of faster than your brain can probably process. So it's important to know which is really happening for you. And I think another distinguishing factor is when you're disagreeing with someone, you don't really have any other goal other than sharing a perspective. Like there's no hidden agenda. It's just, oh, this is what I think. This is what you think. No big deal. When you're bickering and arguing on the other hand, there's this intention for the other person to understand you and your perspective more than you want to understand them. So I want you to think about, you know, the past week or month and just assess for yourself where you have been the most, right? Have you guys just had disagreements, differences of opinions, or in the conversation, have you been really focused on helping, nudging, convincing your husband to understand you more than you are seeking to understand him. Now, if you find yourself more in the bickering and arguing category, that's okay. The awareness is literally the first step and it's so important. 
And I think before I offer you some specific approaches and strategies, I think it's important that you get grounded in why you would want to change this, right? And I know like on the surface, it's very easy to say like, yeah, I just don't want to be arguing with my husband all the time, but why? And the reason it's important to know this is because if you do find yourself bickering and arguing more frequently than you would like, there's something going on there. There's some benefit that your brain has identified, which keeps you doing a behavior that in some circumstances you might say you don't want to do, right? So for example, I'll just use weight loss. If you want to lose weight, you lower your sugar, right? That's one of the primary strategies of weight loss is to consume less sugar. And you know that, right? It's a good idea. You have like, you know, no conscious resistance to that as an approach and as a strategy. But then someone brings a piece of cake, right? And you eat the cake. Why? Why do we take actions and implement behaviors that we know we don't really want to do, but we do it anyways? And the reason this happens is because we haven't really grounded ourselves in why we would not want to do the behavior. And we haven't grounded ourselves in why we do want to do the behavior, right? So if bickering and arguing is happening, there's some reason you want to do that. And you want to be curious with yourself to figure out why. Why do you keep doing it? If it's something you don't want to do, where do you want to do it? What do you get out of it? There's some, you know, whether it's unconscious or just not, you know, something that you're, you know, actively and intentionally thinking about, there's some benefit to you. Otherwise you wouldn't do it. Human beings, we don't do behaviors that don't benefit us in some way, shape or form. So it's important for you to sort of spend some time figuring that out for yourself. Right. A way to do that is just simply finishing the sentence. One of the things that happens for me when my husband and I bicker and argue is this. Most times it's I get to be right (laughs) and I get to feel justified and I get to blame him and I get to make him be the bad guy instead of having to take responsibility. Right. So figure out what that is for you and then think about what you lose when you do bicker and argue, which points in the direction of what, you know, you stand to gain by getting this aspect of your marriage under control. So why do you want to stop it? What is the impact of having a home where bickering and arguing isn't a major component? Who benefits from that and how? What is life like when you're not bickering and arguing? What does that do for you? How do you go about your day, right? Many people will say like, well, I don't have to walk on eggshells. I don't have to worry about saying the wrong thing or getting offended, right? So if you're not worried about saying the wrong thing and getting offended, what are you available for instead? right? What can you be doing with your time when your brain is not occupied over the last argument that you had? I'm going to guess is it opens the door for more connection, which is actually what we all want anyways. 
So I want you to see the bickering and arguing as a threat to the connection and closeness that most times you actually want more. You want to feel close more than you want to feel distant. And when you keep that in mind, these strategies that I'm going to offer you become much easier to implement. Okay. So here's one approach and you can, you know, think about these collectively. You can pick one that you are really going to focus on and sort of intentionally master. All of them work. All of them will create a noticeable difference in the dynamics between you and your husband when you're communicating. So the first approach is quite simply to stop trying to get your husband to think, act, and feel the way you do. Now, as people, we all have a bias to believe that the way we see the world, the way we act in the world, the way we feel is sort of the standard, right? How many times have you heard yourself saying or thinking, I would never do that, or I would have thought you would have done it this way, right? That's that bias at play where what feels very normal and appropriate to us, we use as the litmus test to judge other people's behaviors. And so whenever your husband falls outside of what you think you would do, or you would be thinking, or how you would be feeling, it disrupts this sense of normalcy for you. And so what ends up happening is you'll be tempted to spend time trying to get him to think, act, and feel the way that you do. This happens a lot in couples. I can think of a client, um, a couple that I'm actually working with now where one of the things the wife knows that she wanted to work on is her emotional response to her husband's emotions, right? So when he's upset about something and she doesn't think he should be upset about it, she spends a lot of time trying to get him to not be upset, right? And that creates bickering and arguing because He actually has a right to whatever emotion he chooses to feel. Her work is to allow that, right? To stop trying to get him to see it her way or to think about it her way or to respond in the way that she would respond. When you can do this, it creates so much ease in the relationship. It's sort of like, yeah, you get to just be yourself (laughs) and I get to just be myself. And we don't have to create any tension between us because I'm okay with how you want to think about it, right? Being okay with it doesn't mean you agree. It just means like you're okay that he has the thoughts that he has. Right? You don't even have to understand it, which sometimes we try to. It's like, well, help me understand. Understanding is not a prerequisite for allowing someone to have their own thoughts, actions, and feelings. So I want you to just think for yourself, if you were to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, how much time are you spending trying to get your husband to accommodate and to fall in alignment with your standards for yourself and how you would handle a situation or how you would do things. It's just an interesting thing to be thinking about, okay? 
Approach number two is an extension of the first one, but slightly different. And that is this, releasing the need to be right and prove your point. Now, let me raise my hand with you (laughs) to say that I have very strong opinions, right? We all do. There are certain things that you feel very strongly about because you have a lot of experience, a lot of evidence, whatever the case may be. And there are things that you believe deeply. And if your husband doesn't believe them just as much as you do, there is a strong pull to get him to see and understand how you are right and to keep reinforcing your point with the hopes that if you say it enough times, if you say it enough different ways, he's going to get it. Now, as I just said that, it reminded me of the definition of insanity, right? To continue to take the same action expecting a different result. And when you spend a lot of time proving that you're right, proving your point, spending energy trying to think about how do I get my husband to see this? How do I get my husband to understand that? My answer is always you don't. You don't. You can present your side of things. You can have a conversation about it, but it's never your job to force him to think that you're right. And I know. It's hard because many times we as women, because we're so attuned to the needs of our relationships, what we're trying to show him are things that are good, right? Like we have the best intentions. We are always thinking about what we think would be the best thing for ourselves, for him, for our families. And so I want to just offer like, I am with you in how hard that is, right? Because it's like, I'm not trying to show him something that's awful, right? This is something that would be good. And so you have to be willing to just share it and allow him to come to the conclusion on his own, right? This is the way to reduce the bickering and arguing. And again, when you can see the effects of the bickering and arguing, and you can see how it actually doesn't help him see your point, then you'll be more open to trying a different way of doing it. Okay. Number three is identifying what's important and what's not important to talk about. There are hot button topics in every marriage, right? There are things that you know you and your husband don't agree on. There are things that you know are maybe sensitive topics for you or you get very emotionally charged. There may be things that he feels very strongly about. And there are times when it will be important to talk about those things, even though they're difficult. And then there are topics that are just not that important. And you want to spend some time thinking about and sort of analyzing what are the last few things that we sort of had an argument about? Were those things really important? Were those things huge representations of values or decisions that we really needed to be on the same page about? Or 
Were they just frivolous things? I can think of times where this is so silly, but I'll share it because I know it happens to all of us where maybe we saw like a video on social media, like a silly little video. And I had a thought about it and my husband had another thought about it. And then like, we didn't agree. And then we just like went back and forth like, well, no, I see it this way. Like that's not right. Right. Those types of things are just so insignificant. When it doesn't directly impact your life together, your decision making, or things that you need to be doing, it probably isn't in the category of something important to talk about. Another litmus test for this is, will it matter when you're 99? Right? I may have mentioned that in this podcast. I know I've written emails that ask that question. So just think about it. This thing that we're talking about, this thing that I'm getting agitated about, and maybe he's getting agitated about, is it that important when we're 99? Like, will we be looking back on life, thinking about this conversation and how important it was for us to duke it out, quote unquote? Probably not. Probably not. And then the fourth approach is allowing him to be wrong about you. Now, this one is probably something you haven't considered or even something that you've heard before. And by this, I mean, people will always have opinions about things you do, choices you make. They will have false impressions and some accurate impressions, right? Your goal is to never be overly concerned with anyone's opinion of you, even your husband. This may not be a popular or familiar opinion. What I mean by that is not that you don't care at all what he thinks, but it means that if he has an impression of you that you know is not accurate, that's okay. He can be wrong in his thoughts about you. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to try to convince him that, no, you got it wrong, right? Because of course, this is something you will be very emotional about. You will have strong feelings about, which when your emotions are high, the likelihood that you're going to get into an argument or this bickering scenario is high as well. And so It's again, back to this point of just allowing him to have the thoughts that he has. And I'm not talking about huge, big things that really, really, really matter. But for example, I have some clients who have very different housekeeping styles, right? Maybe the husband is very tidy and that's important to him and his wife leaves things around sometimes. And so he may have the impression that she's lazy or that she's messy when she knows she's really not lazy and messy, but maybe she's just overwhelmed or maybe other things are an immediate priority to her and eventually she would have gotten to tidying up, right? That's an example where it doesn't become this thing of like, no, I'm not lazy. How could you say that? You don't understand, right? But it's sort of like, Hey, that's not really what's going on, but it's okay if you think that. I'm not going to expend a lot of energy trying to get you to change your opinion of me, right? So I use a very like light, (laughs) relatively light example there because of course, if you know, your husband is walking around making gross accusations about your character, then that's a whole different ballgame and not even really something I really get into when I'm working with my clients. So 
these are the little things, right? Oh, you're messy. Oh, you're not good with money. Oh, you're distracted with work all the time. Those types of things, right? So again, bickering and arguing is unnecessary. It doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to be a part of your marriage. Disagreeing is okay, right? You don't need to be in a situation or in a partnership where you agree about everything all the time. It's okay to have differences of opinions. All right. So I would love to hear from you what you're going to be working on. Are you going to be working on stopping trying to get him to act, think, and feel the way that you do? Are you going to be working on releasing your need to be right and prove your point? Are you going to be working on identifying what's important and what's not important to talk about? Or are you going to just allow him to be wrong about you sometimes? Any and all of these would be amazing to try and to just experiment with and see what happens. Okay. Now, if communication is something you really genuinely know that you want to work on in your marriage, I can for sure help you with that. The way that I like to think about approaching communication is so much of it has to do with what you are thinking in your head before any words come out of your mouth. So if you have a certain impression of your husband as being someone who is difficult or annoying or frustrating to you in some way, when you go to speak to him, you're already going to be on edge. You're already going to be sort of like in offensive mode, right? When you begin to sort of clear your mind and see him from a more balanced perspective and even get to the point of giving him the benefit of the doubt, then you can approach any conversation with him with ease and comfort, right? It's not this accusatory position. It's just like, hey, let's talk about this. If that's the energy you want to create in more of your conversations, I invite you to consider working with me one-on-one. Communication by far is the top thing people identify as an issue in their marriage, and it does not have to continue to be an issue for you. I can totally help you. My process is proven to quickly help couples de-escalate arguments to reduce bickering and arguing really quickly. And I would love to show you how to do that. So schedule a call with me. The way that you do that is you go to my website, drshavon.com. There's a button that says work with me and we will have a full hour together where you will tell me everything that's going on. You'll have my undivided attention as I listen carefully and share with you the exact approach I would recommend for you in order to achieve your communication, your connection, your intimacy goals, everything you are wanting in your marriage is possible for you. That first step starts with having a call with me. Then we get to work together for six months, mastering everything I teach on this podcast specifically to your life. So I look forward to talking with you and to working with you. All right, that's it for today. I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot 
L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.